recording now is what we're doing recording a commentary track la, la, la. i still have my kevin feige webpage open hello everyone <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Waffle why Press. why were we reading about kevin feige the world will never know <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was for a fun reason it was good reasons no anger here it's we're, we're having a good day welcome back to the Waffle positive Press vibes only positive vibes only yep because if Ted Lasso has taught me anything, it's that so long as you're optimistic and work hard, good things will definitely happen always to everyone. Okay, let me ask you this. That's actually not what the show's about. Let but. me ask you this. So Ted Lasso has become this weird thing online. People get really weird about People it. People have yeah. very strong opinions about Ted Lasso, whatever the fuck his name is. Lasso, but yeah. Lasso. It's funny. I have a friend that just keeps saying Laszlo. They can't pronounce Lasso for some reason. Well, I, they might be doing the same thing I do, which is anytime I read it, I my brain jumps to Camp Laszlo, the show that was on Cartoon Network. Oh. Um, which I didn't like as a child. <laughs> um, what is that show about? It's about a sports coach who goes to uh, become a football coach in England after coaching football in America, not soccer football in America. So it's like a, a funny gag that he has to like prove himself in in the UK, in England. So, so wait, he's he's gonna he's coaching soccer. No, he's coaching football, American football, American football, and goes to to to, to coach actual football in the UK. So he is coaching soccer in the UK. Yeah, football. Listen, I'm just asking a fucking basic question. <laughs> yes, yes, you soccer. Can do me soccer, a courtesy soccer. of fucking not dancing around it. Soccer, yes. Um, but no, I, this is not what we're here to talk about. Uh, you could go check out my thoughts over on the Patreon for what I thought about Ted Lasso's second season by the time this goes up too, though, and why I think the show is more than just feel-good stuff that it gets touted on online a lot and why that makes it more interesting and maybe some failings of the second season who knows uh, but we're here to talk about bram stoker's dracula today it's a commentary track so we are going to start playing my digital copy matt's physical copy uh there might be a circumstance where there's not a scene in the movie on the digital versions apparently I, yeah, I, I read this on like one source that some versions don't have a scene in it and I, I couldn't tell if it meant theatrically it wasn't in it or if it was then added later or if it's not on any version. Oh, it was, no. It was not phrased very well. <laughs> so <laughs> we will cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay. So I'm going to start pressing play. I'll do a little countdown for, for everyone watching at home. You should let people know what type of screen you're looking at right now. I'm, I'm doing this on my computer screen this time. I am just doing it directly from a digital file, so the film That's, will... That will... is not what I meant. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I mean, like, all right, I'm looking at the Columbia Pictures logo. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at a, at a black screen on the digital file. Okay. So when I press play, the movie will just start. There so, will be no FBI warning logos or nothing of that sort. So all of you people out there should be on a blank screen right now. Yep. That's that's the plan. Yep. Should then, read zero minutes and zero seconds. Yes. Okay, but now I feel comfortable we can start pressing play in three, two, one, play. We're playing 
Francis Ford Coppola's adaptation of the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now, Matt, what's your history with this film? Um, this is another one of those ones that my father just showed me one day. <laughs> this I had to have been in middle school. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... I don't know. That's more shocking than, like, Aliens for some reason. My dad me. did not give a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, but this is, like, a pretty provocative movie. Like, yeah, it's, well, it's I, very sexually charged. And here's something. If you want to know the contradiction that is my father, he was very concerned about showing me the original Frankenstein. Like, that was the one he was like, that will freak this kid out. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, but fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula, why not? Well, I mean, to be fair, this movie shreds. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think the story with my father is that, like, he had gotten divorced. Um, to bring it back to Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had gotten divorced and then didn't have anyone to watch movies with. Except his stupid son. Okay. So he'd just be like, hey, it's Reservoir Dogs. Let's watch it. <laughs> watch a guy get his ear cut off. Oh. And so I dad... saw that my freshman year of high school, I think. Hey, um, probably for me it was probably eighth grade. I think that was the Reservoir Dogs year, but this was a little earlier than that. And because I remember, because it was on VHS at the time, um, I, w- I watched my father's VHS copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was an experience. I think I didn't make it through it the first time though. Um, not because of the movie. I think I was just tired. <laughs> mm. But uh, needless to say, uh, the images stuck with me uh, forever. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's maybe the most like visually stunning film of the last thirty years. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, right now, we're seeing the silhouettes and everything, and it makes the the landscape look that much bigger too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of movie nerds know, but if you're discovering it for the first time recently. Uh, all the effects were done in camera or yeah. practical in some capacity, which is like uh, shocking, you know, because <laughs> it's there's a lot of them. It's probably why it's super crazy expensive. Uh, why it might look a little like, I guess, hokey at times, not in a bad way. Just um, no, it's definitely these don't look like yeah, that. but it's definitely hokey. But it's definitely meant to be, you know. Yeah, well, because uh, Francis Ford Coppola wanted to, like, harken back to, like, how classic cinema was made. Yeah. Like, the the old Hollywood way of making movies. Well, I believe his quote was something along the lines of, like, that, like, Dracula, the novel kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the birth of film, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the earliest films ever is Nosferatu. And so his idea was, why don't we just make it like they used to make movies? Yeah. And uh, it turns out it was the exact right idea. Yeah. Um, uh, everything in this movie looks stunning and gorgeous. Mm. Love that Like, armor. just everything. <laughs> Love the armor, first off. Yeah. Um, uh, the designer... Oh, shoot. I, I thought I had the name down. I'll, I, I'll I thought I had it, too. Um, but, yeah. Uh, hey, you know, here's, here's something. I understand if you're the clergy, you got a job to do. I'd wait. To, to to let him know about the damnation thing. <laughs> <laughs> like he yeah, probably. He literally just got back from war. Also, if he was fighting in God's army, I'm a, I would just assume he understood this. I think Dracula freaks out less because of the loss of his love and more that this guy is explaining something he already knows. 
oh the uh the woman who designed uh a lot of stuff in the film and specifically the armor is Aiko Ishioka who I believe is still with us so. no no recently passed I believe oh no that's too bad yeah um oh hey by the way everyone I just got a text message warning me that there's a storm coming <laughs> Oh, perfect to set the atmosphere for the film. Yeah, yeah. Also that, but also <laughs> as uh, Dracula could... renounces God. Yeah, right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey God, keep the keep the power on while I'm recording this. Oh yeah, okay. We lost Aiko Ishioka in uh, 2012. That's too bad. Okay, that's not um, recent, but uh, it's, it's more recent. Yeah, everything in the 2010s like kind of feels recent, even though it's not. Yeah, and we're suddenly coming to terms with the fact that we are going to age and die. Yeah, like the nineties are, are like gonna be thirty years old. Yeah. See I get like... see I, I get Dracula's point here now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the blood is the life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about this uh drinking the literal blood coming out of the stone. Yeah. Though. Uh oh Winona Ryder. When who, life gives who you we'll talk a lot about. Uh... <laughs> oh, it just looks great. Oh, did I lose you? No, 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 no. I'm oh. just watching because it, it does look great. I mean, that's the problem with this movie is that maybe a commentary is like the wrong thing to do because I just want to watch it. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it fucking... Also, we got to talk about how hysterical it is that it, it is called Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is It was hyped as being the closest to the novel up to that point, uh, which... I don't think it's true at all. Yeah. <laughs> and there's major deviations. Like, that whole prologue has nothing to do with Dracula. Yeah, and um, the more romantic angle of course. is, like, a, a, an addition, like right? Here's, here's the boy. There's Waits. <laughs> yeah, the great Tom Waits. Kind of um, steals the fucking movie. Kind of, yeah. He's Renfield. Um, how how do you make that casting decision? Um, you work with him on one from the heart, <laughs> oh. which I think is what happened. I think okay. it's just, he's either in that or Rumblefish. He's in some other Coppola film. Okay, see, I've never seen one from the heart. You know what? Neither have I. Okay. Like, I just know its reputation. Yeah, it's the thing that like that and Heaven's Gate killed New Hollywood. Basically, yeah, basically. Right? And see, if we just let New Hollywood live, we would have been getting movies like this all the time. <laughs> I don't think it's that cut and dry, but... Probably not. I think things would be more interesting on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a again, great, nothing... there's a great documentary about Heaven's Gate called The Final Cut, The Making and Unmaking of Heaven's Gate. And Chris Christopherson in it has this great quote where uh, the head of United Artists after Heaven's Gate failed... Was like, see, this is what happens when you give too much control to the creative people. And then Christopherson said something like, "Well, who are you going to give it to? The uncreative people." And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you say that, but in 2014, we got another Dracula adaptation called Dracula Untold. Oh yes. Or Dracula's badass. Where they they told they finally told it. Yeah, they told the untold. Yeah, and he, he turns into an army of bats, I believe, at one point, and smashes into an army with a with a, a fist shaped with bats. See, that's something we've just all been waiting for. 
Yeah, we don't need any more movies like like Francis Ford Coppola did. Yeah. You know? I will say, I think that's the, the only problem of this movie, and it's not really a problem, but it's like, this just obliterates any... Like, if you want to do another Dracula, it's like, why fucking bother? Yeah, you'd have to, like, really change up your presentation. Don't do another, like, period piece. Oh, hey, Probably miniatures. update it. This is a miniature, by the way. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> do you know, like, the full history behind that someone very who, who worked on a very popular film recently was like instrumental in bringing that image to life uh which i remember someone was talking about but i can't remember who off the top of my head uh one of the directors of spider-man into the spider-verse worked on creating that book which is apparently like 20 feet wide that that makes a lot of sense yeah honestly. so you could yeah so you could like have that plus the train in the background mm-hmm. in like a single shot and the stuff with the eyes of course is like uh, projected over the mat paintings yeah. with the the red lighting and it just look and it's it's just the shame because like you really just you just wouldn't make a movie like this now mm-hmm. like with just with cgi it's just you just wouldn't yeah uh, i do uh, by wonder the, way, the, the if director's s- name from spider-verse peter ramsey peter ramsey oh yes yeah. that yes i wasn't sure which director um but I feel like, though, maybe someone one of these days, I feel like, because they, they kind of did it with the new Star Wars, where they were hyping how it shot on film and went back to practical effects, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like you have the Raftar scene, which is like a total CGI monster fest. Yeah. And I, I like that scene. I'm the only one who seems to like it. But <laughs> uh, it, I, I feel like one of these days someone is going to come along and be like, we're, the, we're advertising this movie on being 100% practical. Mm-hmm. I feel like I that's... Look at that, the lightning. It yeah. doesn't look like great, but like it's so fucking cool that it kind of doesn't. Well, nothing. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in this that doesn't look great, but it doesn't fucking matter. You know? Yeah, or you know what? No, it, it, here's the thing. I, I apologize. I, I probably misspoke. It looks great. It doesn't look like authentic, but yeah. that's okay. You know? Well, I You're think that's a movie. And you talk about with Coppola where he basically fired the special effects team. <laughs> And brought in his son, right? Uh, wasn't isn't Roman Coppola who did the effects? He he ran the second unit effects team. Yeah, yeah. And I think a part of it, I, I like who knows because Coppola is like a crazy person. Um, a part of I, I'm guessing the problem he ran into was just that, and this is not that this effects artist, but a lot of effects artists, especially today. Now, in the age of CGI, they, there's a 100% focus on realism, you know? Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, yeah. There's less interest in... And everything else is secondary to making the effect look real. And I bet you Coppola trying to explain, like, this shot, which just doesn't <laughs> look real. <laughs> mm-hmm. And trying to be like, no, I want the movie to look like that. And I bet you he didn't want to have to explain every time that he doesn't care if it doesn't look real. yeah. It, it has to feel real or authentic to the film world, yes. you know? Like uh, one of our other favorites, Speed Racer by the Wachowski sisters, mm-hmm. doesn't look realistic in the slightest, but it is also one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. You know? Like, like who gives a fuck? And, like, the polar opposite of this, we're like, this is practical. That movie is, like, digital up the ass, and it's just, it uses that stuff perfectly. So it's not a digital versus practical debate. It's just... And it's weird, and I think audiences, I don't know why, there's, there's, I, I still can't put my head on where people are like, they come out of a movie and they complain about the effects, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've just, I just maintain, and I think I've asked you this question, but have you ever seen a movie 
that you were enjoying that you thought was a good movie and then a bad effect happened and then you turned on the movie no I've never fully turned on a movie from that yeah like anytime I've like come out of a movie and like had a negative feeling about the effects I probably didn't like the movie to begin with Mm mm-hmm so I, I I don't understand why, and I think it's just because it's such a, a visceral and easy thing to be like, well, it didn't look good. Like that's a very, you know, surface level observation. Yeah, like I'd rather a movie look like this than be realistic and fucking boring. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, just look look up the end of the fucking Black Widow movie from this year. I'm I'm okay. And, no, but I'm just saying it's like an example of just like. An unrealistic scene tried to like look as realistic as possible, and it's just visual mush. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Whereas this, like, you get the textures of of the <laughs> the wardrobes and like the the disgusting, decrepit skin of Count Dracula here. It feels like people even like this movie though. It, it, like people still kind of get hung up on Gary Oldman's look in this opening. Real uh, okay. See, I haven't heard that a lot actually. Not like not our circles because. Uh, we're on film Twitter <laughs> and, and those people a movie either can is only like 100% great and 100% bad like that's the two speeds of film Twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, if you talk to like people more you know outside people like, yeah I like the movie I thought Gary Oldman looks stupid <laughs> in the opening and he does look stupid to be honest but it's the, it's a great look for this part of the movie Mm-hmm. Of just he's as decrepit as his castle, which his castle is basically the haunted mansion ride at Disney, <laughs> of just where nothing functions in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie isn't this speed, you know. Like we get a lot of it front loaded, but then when we go back to to London, um, it's a little more it's a little more subdued and a little more uh, just kind of a, a period piece. And then as Dracula's influence expands, it starts getting crazier, uh, which is great. Like, the only place that is, is crazy from the get-go is the asylum. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you introduce any scene with Tom Waits, and it's like, yeah, this is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And speaking matter. of things people don't like, <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves' performance in this yeah. tends to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. I think he's fun. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you kind of have to make him like this so you will believe that she's gonna fall in love with Dracula. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Um, Coppola said something like that. Uh, Keanu he might have like pushed Keanu to try and get the accent a little too correct, mm-hmm. and that he should have pushed him to loosen up a little more. Like, that's the only thing. But he says, you know, I don't know. We Everyone's turned around on Keanu. Yeah, everyone loves Keanu now. Rightfully so. Yeah. You know. Uh, um, yeah. Fucking yeah, got, he, got a Matrix sequel made by <laughs> sheer tyranny of will. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably agree with Coppola's statement that, yeah, maybe loosen up a little bit. But I, I think people are, are way too harsh about it. But it's just, it's like, all right, we're going to complain about his stilted performance next to... Gary Oldman, who's just at an 11. (laughs) Yeah, like, everyone's gonna look stilted next to whatever the fuck's happening there. (laughs) It feels like performance review, like, almost isn't worth it in some cases. We'll talk about some performances, because they are 100% the right call. Mm -hmm. But, here's a fun effect. Oh, I fucking love this shit. 
Oh, this is great. Yeah, and this feels like I mean later there's there's great sequence of like classic Hollywood projection and stuff like that, but that feels like like something out of like a different era. Yeah, also I got to say it's what's fun about Keanu's performance though is that this shit keeps happening to him and he's like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> <laughs> which uh, works in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, He's kind of a dope. Yeah. And you kind of need him to be uh, so you can get him out of the way for the actual love interest. I can't remember is... if the, if uh, Renfield was his predecessor in the original book. Um, I think it's a little different. Uh, in Nosferatu, not Renfield is. Yeah, but the, but there's uh, that's the other thing. It's just like he took tons of shit from basically every adaptation of Dracula ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked at uh, IMDb IMDb really briefly, and there's a section that like will list references that are made in movies, and it's just like there's like fifty Dracula adaptations that are directly referenced in this, mm. uh, which is great. Yeah, yeah, because um, like it's. You know, at a certain point, stories like this that can be retold, and I don't believe every story needs to be retold, like, as much as Dracula, but the ones that can be retold, uh, like, you, you want to prove that, or show that they're all, like, valid yeah. interpretations, you know? Like, it's all part of history at this point. Well, Dracula is cool. one of those stories where I would see, I would see a new interpretation of Dracula every year. Yeah. Like, I would, I would be totally up for it. Every year might be a little much. No, I would. But like, it's got to be like when I say a different interpretation, I mean a different interpretation. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mean like we Pixar it and like every movie's kind of the same vibe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You mean like different, like this Dracula versus Nosferatu different? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about like Bram Stoker's Dracula and like Dracula 2000, like. Where it's like, all right, cyberpunk Dracula, why not? <laughs> I've never seen that. Am I missing out? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't think so. I'm sure that there's probably a Defender of Dracula 2000 out there, um, which I believe is a Weinstein joint. Oh. Yeah. And so if you defend that movie, you know, you're really defending. Yeah. It is a shame when, like, I'll be showing movies, because now, like, everyone knows Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I show movies to people, and then, like, the Weinstein names will pop up occasionally, and they'll be like, oh, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great shot. Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Oh, so oh then the, the wipe with the shadow. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the other thing that's really fun about this, is, like, not just that the effects are practical, it's that they're, like, maximum capacity yes. for, like, visual inventiveness. And see, so we come back here, and, like, this is definitely, like, you know, like a ver- uh, a set, but it's a little more subdued than Dracula's castle. Yeah, and it's still like really well designed and framed, yeah. and very colorful. I think Coppola wanted to shoot like on in real locations, and then was forced to use sets. And I think he just took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think more directors should like. I understand wanting to shoot in real locations, but if you can build a set, fucking go crazy. Yeah, like. Um... I recently watched Streets of Fire uh, in, in a theater with a crowd. One, it felt like going to a concert. Two, it's like all of that stuff is set work. They just put a black tarp over the entire <laughs> set when they shot for night scenes. That's amazing, you know? Yeah. Why not? That movie is also a huge bomb, so maybe not the best example. This wasn't a bomb. No, this was one of the biggest hits of its year, right? Which is crazy. 
Yeah, Cause it would. costs $40 million to make. Okay. We have no fucking excuse now. Um, <laughs> and it made $215.8 million. Yeah. Worldwide. And, uh, it was called the, the press dubbed it bonfire of the vampires because of its ballooning budget. Hmm. Cause everyone thought it was going to bomb. And, uh, it didn't. No, people like vampires and people like fucking horror movies. Yeah. Although back then, I guess maybe the the temperature on that stuff was different. I think it was the right time. Like he, uh, he's also he's calling that we're gonna we're we're entering. I don't know. You might have just heard something scrape against my wall. That's a tree outside, and the wind is kicking up. Oh okay, but, no, no, I didn't hear it. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Like this is calling that uh, vampire romance is kind of about to go mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all been there. I'm not trying to say he invented it because you know I think Interview with the Vampire, the book, is published in like '81, I mm-hmm. believe, and uh, that subculture's building. But the movie is a little while away, I believe, like two or three years after this. Uh, is it I- safe to say that that Interview with the Vampire movie adaptation was kind of greenlit after this movie was a hit? Entirely possible. I'm not sure. Because um, those that was one of those things where it was I think those books were just so popular um, that people were like we gotta fucking adapt this shit and yeah it's about to go mainstream and then uh, we get it's just it's kind of funny that Hollywood will eventually discover that people are into vampires mm-hmm. and like, remember a few years ago when Shape of Water came out and like. People are like I can't believe women are into this movie where a guy wants to, where a woman wants to have sex with a fish man, and it's like that's a whole subculture, man. Like yeah. people like you know, that. In stuff. hindsight, that's why Venom was probably such a big hit too. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, like, the monster with the big tongue. There's there there's an audience for that. There's definitely, and then they just play up the the gay subtext. It's not even really subtext. In... Yeah, especially by the end of Venom too. Yeah, it's just, I mean. They're, they're at a church and there's a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's the other thing is that monsters kind of have had that coding going on forever, mm-hmm. um, both positive and negative. Some people bring it all the way back to the original Dracula novel. Um, some people suggest Bram Stoker himself might have been gay, uh, and others suggest that one of his influence that he might have based Dracula a little bit on Oscar Wilde, whose trial. Um, for homosexuality was going on at the time he was writing it. Um, so th- it's it's always been there in uh, the monster genre. And then you get like fucking, once you get to the 30s and James Whale is just going like all in on, <laughs> on the stuff being gay. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like I, I think it's that thing of just, it didn't rise to the surface until just now or maybe it was always at the surface and just studios were cowards um gotta remember Ray, how much Reagan's America fucked everything up yeah I mean there's there's a whole angle in, in this film about like sexual repression about the, <laughs> the class repression you which know, is like 100% the... in the novel yeah yeah and but the way this brings it to life it, like it really brings yeah. it to life you know like it's just full throttle like every image in this movie is like the most cinema you're going to experience yeah in, in for for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> like this could be the last movie you ever need to see in some ways i don't want that for anyone but i'm just <laughs> saying like it is like 
the ideal cinematic experience for me. God, look at that hair. <laughs> no, he just wakes up like that. He kind of looks like Jim Jarmusch. Oh, yeah, maybe that's the vibe he was going for. <laughs> maybe he was going for that. He's a, he's always working with Jarmusch. Like, let me base this on a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor as Max Landis. Hey, now. Probably one of, that was just, you know, it ended up being the right choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jarmusch did a very good vampire film a little while ago. Um, Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah. That's, that's a very good... That one Whatever. seems to be, uh, it hasn't really broken through to the mainstream yet. It seemed like it was big, like, the year it came out, and then it kind of went away. But now, like, I'll get people coming up to me being like, have you heard of this fucking movie? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the Tom Hiddleston thing. Yeah, maybe, because he, he also hasn't blown up outside of the Marvel stuff, really. Yeah, but, like, the people that love him, love him. So yeah, they will yeah. watch anything he's in, <laughs> mm-hmm. which leads down some weird avenues. <laughs> Um, but sp- speaking of, of modern vampire stuff, I think vampires are about to make a comeback. We're recording this in 2021. I think they're they're about to take the spot zombies did like a decade ago. Maybe. Uh, but it felt like... I think people were kind of burned out on vampires for a little bit. Like, we, like we maybe weren't paying attention, but like Twilight was big for a while. Mm, and yeah, then there that, was that, like... You're right, you're right. There were dozens of Twilight imitators. And, like, Vampire Diaries, which is a show that lasted, like, 13 seasons or something insane. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they even tried to reboot Near Dark as a CW show. Oh, my God. Did you know that? Someone should be in prison. Yeah, it didn't that. happen. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right, I think right. it's still, like, in development hell, so there's always the chance they could pull the trigger on that. They shouldn't. You know, like, here's the thing about the CW. This is the perfect time <laughs> to talk about that. Like... I don't understand why they don't just make the stuff good. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, if they, like, let's say, like, you hear the premise of something like The Vampire Diaries, and it appeals to a very specific audience, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, you read about, like, the details, and it's like, if you changed a few things, this would be fine, and they don't even bother to do that. But if they made it better, would it then not last 13 seasons? Yeah, I don't know, because they're better shows. Like, I was an ardent defender of the CW for, like, 2015 to, like, 2018. I think they had the best genre stuff on television. Mm-hmm. Like, I firmly believe they had some of the best shows on TV. You got, like, iZombie, peak Flash, Arrow, the peak DC TV universe stuff. <laughs> I think they were, like, genuinely good television programs there. And The 100, which I really like still. Um... And something just like the stars aligned and they did what you're talking about. Everything else, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so when I was younger and I first saw this, when Dracula licks the blood from the thing and he does that weird little noise, I was like, what? what is happening here? Careful, you cut yourself. Yeah, I, I couldn't really get into it because the tone was like so different from what I was looking for at the time, you know? Like we, we've talked about it before, but like yeah. the idea that like stuff that's like goofy or not realistic isn't good which is not true and thankfully i grew out of that at some yeah. point but like I, I will say like when i was watching it as a kid i was into all of this it was when he kind of turned into like sexy gary oldman that i like tuned out of it as oh, okay, okay as a younger self but like again i, I think i was watching this at like fucking midnight so <laughs> um what's your history with uh dracula in general um 
I gotta go with the Mummy first, the Brendan Fraser mm. Mummy film. That look was my up. entrance to all the Universal monsters oh, because God, I had the, seen like. Look at the background, Jesus. Yeah, it's fucking oh, it's so unbelievable. Um, but um, that was really my big entry point when that hit VHS. Mm. I I like fell in love with that movie and I was like I want all the monster movies, <laughs> right? And so like I had passing familiarity of like dracula frankenstein all that stuff and then after that i just like went full head over heels like in love with all the stuff i saw nosferatu on youtube mm. back in the day when youtube started becoming a thing and i was like oh fuck yeah this is like the greatest thing ever and i still <laughs> think it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> um but like when i finally saw dracula like the original 1931 film Todd i Brown. was like this is fine. <laughs> it was not the one. It was not what I was looking for. Yeah. I saw that like probably high school. Well, the like, after Browning... I saw those I was like, oh, I got to watch the official Dracula one then. And mm. it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Todd Browning Dracula is like, it's very much. They just filmed the stage play. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scenes where it's like, they're like looking out windows and they're like, oh my God, there's a huge dog <laughs> running mm-hmm. across the lawn. <laughs> Yeah, like, the production's amazing on that. Yeah, no, the production's great. There's great use of, like, negative space in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the style of, like, the old Universal stuff. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of nuts, though, that, like... I don't, it's so weird that horror had such a, like, bad reputation for a long time. Yeah, also, I just want to shout out this image is oh, yeah. fucking unbelievable. Is this the first creepy crawling on the walls? Cause that be, that's now like a thing that pops up in like every horror movie now. Uh, the only other one I can think of is Exorcist Three. Yeah, I was about to say ceiling. Exorcist Three did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's scarier. Like this isn't a, a movie I find particularly creepy, but that image is fucking. Yeah, that creepy. that scared me when I saw it initially. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, look at the rats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that, too. There's great behind-the-scenes footage on on all this stuff. You can find it on YouTube if you don't have a physical copy. Mm -hmm. But it's it's super fascinating how they made all this stuff work. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just... This is the best. (laughs) Um, If you don't understand why this is the best, uh, get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. What what are you doing here? (laughs) Stop the commentary right there. I'm not saying every movie should be made like this, but this movie definitely should have been made like this. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah, now I have to stop myself from getting caught up in it. Yeah, um, um, I will say like I I think some of the Universal monster stuff because they're still trying to do that. Like Invisible Man has like a really nice mix of practical and CG stuff. The, yeah. the recent Invisible Man that just came out like 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like right before the pandemic hit. Fuck, that's right. Yeah, it, I think it was the last movie I saw in theaters when the pandemic hit. It's a pretty good one. And, and yeah, yeah. You know what? It was an upsetting movie. Oh no, uh, it is very upsetting. That's yeah. one of those ones where like it, it it might get too upsetting for me to like really recommend it enthusiastically. And like that's I understand that. That's yeah. that's <laughs> the point of that movie. I'm not trying to like uh uh say like that's a mistake in any way. Mm-hmm. But it's like I would almost recommend Hollow Man. <laughs> Like, oh my god. I, it, I don't know about that. I could just be like, you can just fast forward through parts of Hollow Man. Like, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, I don't know, because that movie, it, like, it's really upsetting for a movie called The Invisible Man. <laughs> and I, but you know what? It's, if you're, if you're going to make a horror movie, make it a horror movie. 
Yeah. Um, but if you watch the original fucking 31, or like, no, 33, Invisible Man is like a comedy. Um, and Preston Sturgis like wrote, like ghost wrote some of that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and you can definitely feel it. Have you ever seen, you've seen 33, Invisible Man? Speaking uh, of. Like a decade ago. That is the best I haven't scene. revisited. That has the greatest scene in any of the Universal Monster movies. Which is uh, the Invisible Man uh, is confronted by the townspeople, including the constable. And uh, the Invisible Man's like, oh, I'll show you the truth of who I am. And he takes off all his makeup and the people realize he's invisible. He runs around and like, jumps out the window, right? Mm-hmm. And the constable just turns to all the townspeople and just goes, he's invisible, that's what's the matter with him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a normal thing. <laughs> It's the best. <laughs> Everyone's is... favorite, Monica Bellucci. Oh, is that her? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, my mind tends to go other places when I'm watching this scene. Oh, I, I can't imagine where. Oh, um, my goodness. Anyways, um... why, uh, at the risk of also getting too caught up in this scene, uh, I find it interesting that... People, even people that love this movie, don't tend to talk about like the themes too much, unless they're people with like Substacks now. And thankfully, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really great writing out in this film now. But like when people talk about it, like on film Twitter, for example, we hype it up as like the greatest fucking cinematic experience thing, and mm-hmm. that's correct. But like you know, like in this scene, it's like everything uh, Keanu Reeves' character wants. It's like wealth, comfort. Uh, free of sexual repression like it's just the worst version of it yeah you know women aren't really there man <laughs> they're not really there oh my god <laughs> yeah I forgot how long this goes on it, oh it just keeps going yeah and then then fucking Gary Oldman <laughs> just comes in yeah no idea what he's got going on but I love it oh this is great yeah this I don't is... even know what <laughs> Like, how do you respond to that? This is this uh, kill him the baby is like straight out of the uh, the book, by the way. Hmm. Um, which I believe this might be the only version that does that. Uh, this is like this this one, even though it's like not really the closest adaptation of the book because it goes in its own direction a lot of the mm-hmm. times. Uh, it definitely brings a lot of elements that other versions usually ignore, and I think. Uh, the child, the, 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 they eat a baby, is uh, one of them. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not an Italian version that does it, though. Feels like the Italians would go that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like that his hair, like, turns white because of the experience here. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there. It's We've all been stress. there. Yeah. I wonder if that really <laughs> happens. Well, I mean, uh, Rogue and X-Men... You know. Oh, okay. There's a good real world example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anna Paquin. Yeah, hey. Remember when she had nothing to do in that third one? Technically the first two as well, but ah, I guess. She has a lot to do in the first one. Oh no, no, you're right, you're right. Uh does she get stabbed by Wolverine in that one? Yes. Like she's like check and he stabs her and then she she sucks his energy to stay alive Mm -hmm. yeah that worked out 
This castle, the design of the castle is a reference to something, and I can't remember what it is now. I don't know. Like the original Nosferatu ones, really. All the castles are kind of similar. The whole, they, that's like the image on the castle on a on a mountaintop, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, here's uh, here's some unfortunate stuff that is you just kind of can't get around in the novel. Uh, uh, the Romani that are filling his caskets, although they are not referred to as that. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing, which uh, Dracula the novel's a little bit of like an anti-immigration story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's literally bringing his... There's the shot straight out of uh, Nosferatu. Um, he sits up in that. Doesn't Nosferatu sit up in the grave Yeah, like that? yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking rocks. All right, how many of you, everyone out there in the world, just talk to yourself when you give this answer... Was your introduction to Nosferatu that Spongebob episode? <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of Spongebob in its heyday. Mm-hmm. Is that, one, like, it was genuinely, like, funny. Yes. And everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say Nosferatu now. Nosferatu. Now, first they'll laugh because it's from a very funny episode. And then I'll get to start explaining why that movie's the fucking greatest. Although it's not nearly as sexy, but it's also not trying to be i guess oh, yeah you, you fucking couldn't get away with that shit then yeah <laughs> i mean you kind of could no one was paying attention mm-hmm. you want to talk yeah, about it like, the Hayes code yeah fucking catholics yeah um, i say that as a catholic i'm allowed to shit talk to catholics okay <laughs> although you're still catholic if you like i'm a catholic except for the part where i don't believe in any of that bullshit <laughs> uh, lapsed i guess this part lapsed. Of the novel, the Demeter is genuinely frightening. Like, okay, see, so I've never read the novel. Oh, it's totally worth it. Okay, it's a hundred percent worth it. Um, it's all told. I like. There's a proper term for it that I cannot remember. It's all told through like letters and diary entries and shit like that. Um, this adaptation is the only one that hints at that because everyone's communicating through letters or when he's got the phonograph. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there, there's a whole chapter that is just the crew of the, the captain and the meter being like people keep disappearing on the ship and like we're in a storm that came out of nowhere and just crazy shit starts happening and god that fucking rocks <laughs> um so there's a movie adaptation of dracula coming up that's just the voyage of the demeter oh that sounds great yeah um who's and doing it's, that? it's it's a script that's been stuck in development hell for like 15 years it's supposed to be fantastic who knows what shape it's in now, but that pitch is, like, perfect. Who's doing that? Because, like, there's, like, is, is, who's doing that? Uh, the guy who did Scary Stories We Tell in the Dark. Okay, that's, that's a fine choice. Yeah. Um, but also, there's, like, two other Dracula adaptations on the horizon. Yeah, there's the Chloe Zhao one, which hype. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, Karen Kusama's doing one. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing with hers, but... She's a good director. Kojas one is the Western one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, I'm like, fuck yeah, bring it. (laughs) Near Dark Gang. Yeah, why not? Master! Yeah. Yeah, also we get Tom Waits just going fucking nuts. This entire section of the movie is just kind of, like... This totally threw me off when I first saw it. I was like, I don't even know how to talk about this. (laughs) I don't even know what what I'm looking at anymore. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he just, 
I mean, that's the beauty of the movie. It just keeps fucking going. Like, this is crazy. It's not going to get any crazier than this. And it does. Yeah, and it totally does. Well, this is Dracula, and he's bringing, he's coming to fucking just bring down Western values. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing, frankly. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like, this movie totally plays up the, like, sin angle and the, like, oh, you know, the promiscuous will fall. But then it's like, but that's not necessarily bad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Which is the fun thing. Um, oh, and God. I don't think it gives you, like... Evil Dead uh, camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the shit right there. Ooh, Sam Raimi vampire movie. That should uh, happen. He didn't, yeah, he hasn't done a vampire film, has he? No, no. He should. He should. After, totally should. after Doctor Strange. Hook him up. Yeah. I feel like he's just the dude who goes where the money is. I respect that. Yeah. That's why vampires seem to be a big hit, so yeah, you can gonna, do one. It's going to suck so hard when that Doctor Strange comes out. Why? Because it's going to look like every other fucking movie. Yeah, that's not... Probably. Yeah, like, what do you even comment on in this scene? It's just... Yeah, yeah we, again, like, you kind of just get caught up in it. Yeah. Uh, more so than any other film I think we did like, for a commentary. Um... Yeah, you could all just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Or was we, the other commentaries we've done are, like, cats, which, like, our heads explode by, like, the halfway point. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, Rise of Skywalker, where we just fucking lost. We were just so angry. Yeah, but also Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah, we did do Birds of Prey. That movie rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, Kathy Yan could do a, a fucking vampire movie see this is what I'm saying where I would like to see a version of Dracula every year mm-hmm. like just every director do one I'd see Frankenstein too you could totally do a Frankenstein uh, Frankenstein's been it's been rough for Frankenstein <laughs> in <laughs> recent years uh, they haven't even come close to a good Frankenstein adaptation you know what are you talking about yo Frankenstein I don't know what that is I Frankenstein, but in Spanish, it I is oh, spelled as yo. Okay. So it's yo. Yo. Frankenstein. That's great. Yeah. Well, we got a wolf man. Yeah, yeah. Some people forget um, that Dracula can turn into a wolf. In yeah, the, uh, and this one, because it's like Dracula just kind of shapeshifts with this mm-hmm. one, right? Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot. All this stuff, I believe, is in the novel of just okay. like he can turn into a wolf. He can turn the bats, of course. Mm-hmm. He can turn into the mist, um, which he does. I mean, that was kind of what was happening when he was riding towards uh, Europe, towards London. Um, and then there's that the green mist that comes and kills Renfield later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe it's old enough, but it's also something where it's so... Sometimes it's written so vaguely. It's been interpreted like a million different ways, which is partly why mm-hmm. classic monsters are so fascinating. Because there's different adaptations from different times, and they're either a lot of them are limited in because of effects and production, and also the 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 times they were made in where you couldn't get away with certain things, mm-hmm. um, namely a lot of this uh, lesbian subtext. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, check out Dracula's daughter from like '35, um, and so you get like they just go off in all these different weird directions just with the universal the hammer spanish language versions of these characters italian versions and then you know as much as like i love this movie it it kind of put a i'm not gonna say a nail but 
it it ended kind of the cycle of the classic monsters coming back um because we get like mary shelley's frankenstein is like two years after this and then it's like they're all there's all these more like period piece based reimaginings of the classic monsters and none of them are as good as this Mm -hmm. and the only one that's kind of worth its salt is the fucking mummy movie and that's just like what if we did indiana jones but with the mummy yeah, yeah, and I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not but dissing that film at all. Yeah, yeah, and then everything that comes after that, if you want to go even further, it's just, like, depressing. Yeah, and I'm sure... Again, that... until The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. which, again, is also depressing, but it's, like, good. Yeah, Invisible Man's great, and it seems like the Dark Universe kind of, like, failing shifted everyone's priorities. Yeah, which, uh. you know, probably for the best. It is kind of nuts they were, like... They clearly did the Mummy because the last Universal monsters that were successful were the Mummy films, mm-hmm. and no one picked up on it. it. Was like, yeah, but people liked those because of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like... <laughs> and it's like, why didn't you just have them like guide us? It like you could have had that team, that group of characters, go up against different Universal monsters. Yeah, well, that was it's almost so what they did ridiculous. with uh, the Van Helsing movie. No one remembers. I remember it. Yeah. I like that movie. You know what? I I think it's tons of fun. I have not watched it in forever. Okay. If I remember correctly, and this is just going on like a decades old recollection, I remember the first half of it being pretty good. And then the second half's kind of lame. But... uh, Uh, It's all bananas. (laughs) (laughs) It is all incredibly bananas. It's Stephen Summers trying to do this version of Dracula with his mummy aesthetic. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a and, lot. But it, it, I think it's tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Isn't that uh, what... I also, I also wanted to mention that uh, when Dracula arrives on the streets of London, I really love the, the old oh, Frank yeah. camera work there. That's fucking fantastic. I would love for more people to do that. Tony mm. Scott did that a couple times on his... Uh, late era films like the last decade mm-hmm. of, of his stuff like Man on Fire he did it in fucking Hot it's... Fuzz <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right he's in Hot Fuzz <laughs> fuck I forgot yeah oh Edgar Wright could probably do a, a fun vampire movie Edgar Wright yeah, um, yeah like, it'd, it'd be like an action horror movie but I, I'd be into that we need to we're, uh, last night Solo is not out yet at the time of recording this oh yeah yeah and uh feel like people are primed to just hate that movie yeah yeah um, which, which is unfortunate which is, it's so weird that's such a weird shift where like people before baby driver came out were like look we all know baby driver is gonna bomb so we gotta kind of rally behind this movie because that was like <laughs> up to that point where like edgar wright like his last like world's end wasn't huge scott pilgrim bombed and he'd been fired from ant-man right mm-hmm. and everyone was like we gotta fucking support baby driver and then baby driver comes out and it's like a big hit and then, like, everyone instantly is now like, Edgar Wright's kind of overrated. <laughs> I mean, hey. I Yeah, I, I don't get the uh, the discourse. I don't sometimes, you know. Mm. I, I will say, like, I think uh, Baby Driver as a movie is missing the heart of some of his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still an Edgar Wright car chase movie. Like, the fuck? Yeah, like, the, the editing and the action is, like, really fun in that. Yeah. You know? And, like, for sometimes that's all you kind of need for some of his stuff. This is a weird like, one where I remember someone describing... I heard a quote. This is, I'm quoting... I'm paraphrasing a conversation I heard someone else have. 
So uh, someone was complaining about Apocalypse Now. And was saying, How? Well, <laughs> sorry, saying, sorry, I don't want to see one man's ego trip. And then the other person was like, there's nothing else I want to see but someone's ego trip. <laughs> and, like, I'm kind of like that sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying, like, ego trip to the point where, like, you're a horrible asshole. But I want to see just Edgar Wright. Drive that Edgar Wright shit till the fucking wheels come off, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just fucking keep going with it. <laughs> and I, I feel like there's a weird attitude sometimes where it's like, all right, now they've gone too far. <laughs> and I don't understand it. Um, I feel like people would have reacted that way to this fucking movie if it came out now. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, I mean, well, like, that's what's the... the only the problem with now is that like we get every opinion all at once, mm-hmm. so it becomes hard to tell what the actual response is to a movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, like, what's the closest thing tonally to this movie recently? Like, Crimson Peak, probably? Crimson right? Peak, Just, like, yeah. in terms of the colors and the tone? I mean, Guillermo del Toro kind of has his own thing going on, you mm-hmm. know, where I, I can I could see that. Um, and then people are fucking primed to turn on del Toro, too. Oh, yeah, so, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean. That's what happens when you're talented, I guess? Well, you win an Oscar. <laughs> people turn on you if you win an Oscar. Um, well, guy, it hasn't happened to his Bong Joon Ho, but probably because he was like, "I don't give a fuck," <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> which no other director would say that. Uh, although they probably will turn on him too. Although I was a, there was a time where I, I felt like I was the only guy out there defending Snowpiercer and Okja. Like, there was a time where people were like, "This is it's either too simple or it's overrated," and I'm like, "No, he's, he's fucking rule," <laughs> and. Now everyone's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so these these three characters, the American and and uh, the yeah, Quincy Morris. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't the remember other the names ones. Of the characters. Oh, like I the gotta vibes. look up. You know what? I I knew these. I knew them, <laughs> and now I don't. I don't know what happened. I have. Well, okay. I I know that these characters are from the book. Yes, and, this and is they're the, not in a lot of the other adaptations. This is the only one where all three of them are in it. Okay. Uh, if I believe and there's like it's one of those weird things where like version of Dracula will use the names but for like different characters mm-hmm. like, and, like there, there'll be a Har- Jonathan Harker in one but he'll be closer to Quincy Morris for some reason and uh, you know what I totally get most adaptations whittling them down to one character or not having them at all oh, I yeah, totally makes, get it it makes perfect sense if you're trying to make like a streamlined film mm-hmm. but this <laughs> is not a streamlined film this is this is the most film mm-hmm. so you put everything in it and they're, you know, they're they're minor characters, but they're like kind of fun to have around. A hundred percent. And when the film turns into like a, a, a fucking like adventure riot in the finale, it's it's great, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, oh, I just had the names and then I clicked on the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's Arthur Holmwood, Doctor Seward, and Quincy Morris. Yeah, they're all great. They're all and Quincy's the fucking rocketeer. Yeah, <laughs> Quincy's the rocketeer, and fucking Holmwood's uh, Carrie Elwes. And of course, Doctor Jack Seward, Richard E. Grant is everyone's favorite. Yeah, from the Rise of Skywalker. Grant's almost unrecognizable in this. Yeah, Grant is one of the greatest actors who we've only just kind of realized is one of the greatest yeah. actors right now. It would now, be a damn you know? shame if he was wasted in a big budget movie. And a big budget TV show. 
what was the TV show he was wasted on? Uh, apparently he's on Loki as one of the Lokis. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just assuming what? he is. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I, 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 I kind of barely remember. <laughs> okay. I, I only watched uh, half no, of No, no disrespect to him. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. Here's the thing. Who's, who would you cast as Dracula right now? Uh, this is the most basic fucking answer, but Maz Mikkelsen. Yeah, same. I would, yeah. I would do that. I mean, I... Just because it's basic doesn't mean it's wrong, mm. you know? <laughs> but you know who that, that means has to be Van Helsing. Uh, uh, fucking also from Hannibal? <laughs> no, no, I think you gotta take another really short walk. Are you just gonna put Anthony Hopkins back? No, no, I would totally, <laughs> but no. I was gonna say, you gotta take another short walk, and I think the obvious choice for Van Helsing is uh, Christoph Waltz. Okay. I think that's a very obvious choice, but I also think it's probably the right choice. Okay. See, I didn't even consider that. I was like, who's he going to say? Daniel Craig? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I guess I just got Bond on my mind or something. What if it was Craig, but he was doing uh, the Benoit Blanc voice? (laughs) Oh, yes. See, that's what the Knives Out sequel should be. He's got to fight And I'm not going to hold this against Knives Out 2 when it's not that, but it should be Daniel Craig fighting monsters. I mean, a vampire showing up is about as plausible as the throwing up thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, why not? Fuck it. Yeah. Now that would be a fucking curveball. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, this is the, the classic cinema sequence I was talking about earlier. Um, it's fucking great. I don't know if these things ever actually existed with multiple projections like happening around people. Like, I, I guess. I'm what assuming is, what is this they place? did. Although, I think... <laughs> I think it was, like, impossible to get projectors back then, so... Ah, fuck it, who cares? It's awesome. I have no idea. I should read more about the early history of film, because that's always fascinating. Yeah. If Um, I was a multimillionaire, I would absolutely have a room like this in my house. (laughs) With just projections happening all the time. Just all the time. Yeah. That shit catches fire easily, man. You better be careful. Okay, okay, well, they'd be digital projectors. <laughs> There's a reason why you gotta have a guy in the booth. Yeah, well, the digital projectors. That's why film projection sucks Speaking now. of a guy in the booth, uh, I went to see, there was a, a Regal Cinema was doing a double feature of uh, Dracula and the Frankenstein, the originals. And I went to see it, and I was all worried because I showed up late, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to miss, like, the first few minutes. And, like, if you miss, like, the first five minutes of that movie, you're missing a ton because they're, like, an hour long. And I show up, and the movie hasn't even started yet. Oh, wow. And I sat there for, like, ten minutes, and nothing was on the screen. Jesus. And and there was a decent crowd there, and, like, people started, like, getting up and complaining. And then they started it, but there was one of those bullshit, like, trivia things. What they do, and like, so someone clearly forgotten to put the fucking projector on, and then they forgot to turn the lights down. Like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Jesus. And I had all these horror movies I was gonna go see because they were like Regals, like doing all this shit. And I was gonna go see a bunch, and I just totally decided like, nah. Just it, I had such a bad experience. No, oh, that's too bad. And I had a few in a row, and I might go. They're they're, they're doing uh, Wolfman and Invisible Man in a few days. I might go to that. Uh, fuck that sucks but I hope those if you go to them work better yeah just yeah, fucking play them I'm not expecting it to look great cause like who's gonna have a film print of that but mm-hmm. yeah oh here he comes hey is this is is this the first scene uh, with Anthony Hopkins 
I mean, technically he was one of the priests in the beginning. Mm, right. And he's doing the narration. Um, and this is, not, and, and, hey, you know, we were talking about taking a short walk with Mads Mikkelsen. This was 100% the short walk at the time. Because mm-hmm. it's like, who do we get? Oh, let's get Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> let's get, he played another doctor. That one guy there looked like, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. The conservative comedian. No, I can't remember his name. Tim guess, Allen. No, not Tim Allen. The one that's Th- not as famous. Oh, I don't <laughs> the, know. The one that uh, was on Weekend Update for a long time. Um, oh, is he still on there? Colin Joust? No, no, no. This is uh, like 90s. Like oh, fuck. 90s. I don't know. Man. Yeah, I don't remember who. Fuck him. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he has a podcast now, believe it or not. Oh, everyone has a podcast now. Yes. We were ahead of the curve. There's a good chance our audio is better than his. Yeah, fuck off. Conservatives somehow have terrible audio on their podcasts. I, I don't I don't understand that either. Yeah. Another drain in his blood. How this old happened was, to my how, buddy Eric. How old was Coppola when he made this? Fucking 50s, maybe? Mm. maybe Why do you ask? Might be working through some stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Because he's been divorced like twice, right? I believe so, yeah. 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 This <laughs> so feels Fred... like really out of... This movie like even now feels out of left field for him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's like a dude who just lives and breathes cinema. Yeah. Like, he loves the history of it. He loves experimenting with it. Like, I believe he talked... Because I, I haven't seen one from the heart, but, like, I, I've been looking up a lot of, like, his conversations and interviews with the news that he's finally getting Megalopolis. Made, yeah, well, that's what least. I was going to bring into. Like, what the fuck is that going to be? No idea. Apparently, the script's really problematic because it hasn't changed in 20 years. But So we're going to see how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. He's, like, 80 years old now. So, again, that's, like, someone I don't expect to change. But Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what is... Uh... Can you give me a hint at what's problematic? No, no, no. I, I don't know anything specific. I just heard that from, like, three separate people. Okay. Um, um, like, I don't know if it comes down to, like, race relations or gender stuff, but, mm-hmm. like... Um, well, I remember I, anyways, he was going to up... film it initially right after 9-11. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I, I was saying that, like, I've been looking up, like, just hearing him talk because he's such a fascinating filmmaker and such a fascinating, like, historian in a way. Um, and when he was talking about shooting one from the heart, he was originally trying to like envision it as what he referred to as like a live cinema, mm-hmm. where, like he would film it on the spot and project it nationally from one location. <laughs> and I'm like, that's television, but <laughs> all right, it's, it's bold. Like the description's bold. Like yeah. it, it, it's like projecting a play, you know, on, on, on live TV. And we, we see that now a lot. You can kind of you can say a lot about Coppola, but he kind of never lost the like new Hollywood feel that he had, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he he's always like shooting for something. He's never like not swinging. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those weird things where like a lot of his other films, like The Godfather, it seems so obvious now, but the, making that movie the way it was made in the seventies like did not make sense at the time, mm-hmm. and now it's just like that's how you make every mob movie now. Yeah, and it, it it's he, he was he, sometimes he was just ahead like I think he's just ahead of the curve a little bit especially with this film. Um, I think he still might be ahead of the curve with this one. Honestly, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, just like, like just, again, just because no person who kind of comes close is, yeah. is Del Toro. Like, well, that was the thing. Like, we 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 did Sleepy Hollow recently, and like, uh, fucking Sleepy Hollow looks like the kiddie pool compared <laughs> to this. And like, I was praising like the look of Sleepy Hollow, and I like that movie. Yeah, but yeah. This is just on another level. Actually, you know what? That could be like a fun double feature too. Oh yeah, I brought that up already. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's part. That's part of why we did it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out to the Secret Movie Club in Los Angeles, which I was unable to catch. It's a hell of a double feature. Those two films. How is especially it secret- projected on film? How is it a secret if we know about it? Oh, it's, it, it's just a catchy name they have. <laughs> <laughs> they they need to make money to operate. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a secret. I also like the uh, the old medical technology that's really gross and oh makes yeah, that's not fucking horrifying. Yeah, no, it's it's awful. The um, worst thing ever. Sometimes you'll watch these movies and then you'll go into a doctor's office and you'll realize that we still use some of that technology. <laughs> Um, I'm petrified of needles, so every little, like, image of, like, needles in films, especially when they're draining blood like, like this, yeah. um, it's just, it's not, it's not a great feeling. I don't like it. Needles don't really get me, but, uh, you know, do you, uh, when they get the, I, when they put an IV in you, you know, they have to use a needle and then they retract the needle after it, they get it into your vein. Yeah. Um, but if they if they hit your vein in the wrong way, it's called popping a vein. Oh, I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm used, very familiar. I used to, I, I, well, my hometown, they had like a training college for nurses, and I used to always get the fucking trainee when they were coming to do my IV, and they would like waste an entire hand trying to find a place to put it in. Mm. Um, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. At least they'll. Uh, at least if you complain enough, they give you pain meds. Inject <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it right well, into you. Oh fuck, man! Mm. Have you ever gotten a text message from me where I'm, I'm talking about how much I appreciate our friendship? It's probably because I'm in the hospital on pain meds. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get super. I get super loving on pain meds. Oh, okay, good to know. Oh wait, this is my favorite moment when he's a magician. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, he does the Batman thing. That <laughs> he does. <laughs> you know, Batman's fought Dracula. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Is it any good? I, I haven't either because I, I didn't watch that version of the show religiously. Mm-hmm. But um, at the time I was like, "That's goofy." And now I'm like, "That's awesome." <laughs> Do a whole movie like that, you know? Well, there's those weird like Elseworld Batman's where I think he does a few of those, right? Probably like he fights the predator at one point, and I'm like, that's perfect. That's a great matchup. You yeah, why know? not? For like something like that, a crossover. That's fun. Yeah, comics are great for that. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, now I'm like, I want a whole movie of like Batman fighting Dracula. <laughs> I don't or, know like, if I'd want the... a full film. No, no, I fucking I want him to go there. But I also want like the steampunk Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, yeah. Like they did that animated movie, but it looked like shit, so I'm not watching it. <laughs> They did a but like, if he did it like like this, like Bram Stoker's Dracula, fuck yeah. Yeah, see, this is... I, I actually... You know what? This is kind of the aesthetic I'd want for a Batman film. Like, not even like Batman versus Dracula, just a Batman film. 
Yeah, right? Like the lighting and the shadows but they will and the never, mist. They will never make a Batman film like that ever again. Well, you got Batman Returns at least. You know? Um, yeah, and that was 92. <laughs> yeah, so you know. You, you, you got one at least. I'm just saying, like, I'm not... This is It's just why I'm just not super hyped about Batman Begins again. Mm. You know. God, movies could be... Like, this is one of those things where, like, it pisses you off because movies could be so much more than they are most of the time. Yeah. And, and I get it. Like, you know, every year there's really only, like, three mainstream movies that are worth a damn, you know? <laughs> like, that's not, like, a new thing. But... It's just it can be frustrating. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I think, and we've talked about it before too. But I think people do want like more from the movies. Well, now we're know, the, like, we're in the wake of Dune being a fucking hit, um, which no one really saw coming, yeah. except Denny Villeneuve probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the joke I was making all the way up to Dune was like, I can't wait to get half of Dune and then nothing ever again. Because I really yep, thought at the very least you're getting one more. Yeah, and that'll be that. That will be enough. Um, but but people, like Dune stuff's gone mainstream, and to the point where now the Dune discourse has gone mainstream. Which yeah, I forgot just... that this is a lot of people's introduction to Dune, and I'm like, oh well, it's kind of it, it kind of be bullshit to me being like you should read the novel, and it's like yeah, you know, I understand the movie should tackle these things too, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Some things, you know what? This is, uh, I think, this is one of the few versions of Dracula where he has a mustache. Which I he, never thought about that. He, he, well, I only bring that up because in the novel he is described as having a mustache. Oh, okay. Now I believe that's when they first meet, but uh, he develops a mustache later in this. <laughs> so version. you're telling me Francis Ford Coppola approached his adaptation of Dracula with the same reverence for the material as Denis Villeneuve did with Dune. A hundred percent. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. How old is Gary Oldman in this? He's probably like fucking 80. All right. Because <laughs> now he's like 200. Gary Oldman's still just popping up and shit. Yeah. It's so crazy Don't... that it's crazy that he was Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, right? Like, that doesn't he... feel like a real thing. Yeah, it feels like a joke. If, no, you know what? It feels like a fan cast that yeah. someone would make now. Especially when, up until him playing Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's role in the Batman movies was just to be like, turn on the signal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your work, Batman. Thanks, Batman. A lot of that. Thank you for saving the city, Batman. <laughs> um, they need to bring back uh, Commissioner O'Hara from the 66 Batman. <laughs> who's just like the biggest Irish stereotype he ever did see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that penguin, he's more crooked than a warped shillelagh. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, now you got Jeffrey Wright. Eh, Yeah. I like Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. Isn't it fucked up that spoilers for No Time to Die, that, like, he he died in No Time to Die, and uh, that's the first time that character's ever died in the Bond movie, and no one gives a shit because it's also the first time Bond ever died. (laughs) Aww. Wait, no, doesn't Felix die in License to Kill? Does he? Isn't that, like, the whole thing of License to Kill? You know what? I have not seen License to Kill in, like, ten years. So. Yeah. So it's the second time he all dies. Right, Spoiler all right. alert for No Time to Die. It was also the second time Blofeld's died. 
Oh yeah. Because Blofeld got picked up by like a plane once and dropped down a chimney. <laughs> Isn't that the opening to one of them? <laughs> yeah, and it's also I don't think he's called Blofeld because I think that was like right ra- around the time they lost the rights to Blofeld. Oh. Uh, Which is crazy yeah. to think that that was an issue for a while. <laughs> That's why there's like three versions of Thunderball. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we got our diamonds. See, look that that. That castle, it's, like, based on a painting of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just can't place it. There's a lot of that. I mean, it's it still is one of the best-looking movies just, like, Do you ever. think uh, Francis Ford Coppola was aware of the Castlevania video games? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. But I, I know he's also someone who's, like, very interested in, in all, like artistic mediums you know like i'm not saying he'll ever like like he's just too fucking old i don't think he has time to learn yeah. how to present like a story in a video game <laughs> but he's always like talking up like new media has he and stuff has he talked about video games yeah and he's like you know that's like uh video games and social media like they allow us to like communicate directly sometimes through the like the presentation of story themselves you know and it's mm. like he, he he'll talk about stuff like that and that's why he's really interesting you know and i'm, I'm not i'm not saying anything about the quality of like the man i mean I, yeah. I don't know him but like as an artist i i find him super fascinating and you know he he refers to himself as a student and i think the best students are also teachers yeah. in a way you know like he'll spouse about how like Marty Scorsese almost did the Godfather part two. He tried to get him the job on that. And then he'll go on a tangent about how, like, you know, by the way, like, uh, and this will be like a conversation that happened in the 90s, and he'll, like, kind of predict Twitter or something, you know? Mm. <laughs> or he'll predict streaming services. It felt like for a while he was trying to, like, guess where digital filmmaking was going. Um, with something I like. I haven't seen any of his recent stuff, so I, I don't know how successful he was. And like traversing yeah. that, I'd like but, um, to rewatch Twix, like his other vampire film. Uh, oh, is that what that one's about? I believe it's vampires. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I believe it was a little because he originally was thinking like maybe he was gonna do Dracula like in a minimalist type way, mm-hmm. and uh, clearly he went the exact opposite direction. Yeah, which and I think Twix we're all like, thankful for. I think Twix was him trying to do like a digital version of that minimalism. Okay. Um, but I remember at the time people were like, "This is embarrassing," and I wonder if I watch it now, if uh, it would feel different in the way that, like, even like I've been like revisiting older YouTube videos, and there's like an odd charm to some of them. That's it just, is right. Yeah, like some like definitely how... haven't aged well at all. But uh, mm-hmm. so the ones that like really haven't aged well are the people that are just like lip syncing to songs in a funny way. Oh yeah, which used to be like a whole genre, mm-hmm. and uh, now, but like sometimes you find someone who's like, this person just filmed this in their backyard <laughs> one day, <laughs> and there's like an odd charm to all of it. And yeah, it, it's it's like uh, you know people used to kind of look down back in the day about like eight millimeter film. It's like, well, it's not super thirty five, you know, it's yeah. not, it doesn't look like a real movie. And now eight millimeter film reels are like. There's a whole market just based on the nostalgic look of them. Yeah. You know, and I think we're going to get to the point with, like, phone videos. Yeah. Like, you're talking about YouTube. I I think we're going to get there with, like, ah, like, 
you can't shoot a whole movie on an iPhone and have it look like a movie. And it's like, well, maybe you don't want it to look like other movies. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you want it to look like its own thing. Well, that was always like the Michael Mann thing where like when he went digital, he was like, he was never trying to capture film. Like he wasn't trying mm-hmm. to make digital look like film. He was trying to make digital look like digital. Yeah. You hear that? Sean Baker. Hey, is he very anti-digital? Yeah. Oh, you don't know? <laughs> I mean, uh, why would I care? <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I just saw the discourse blow up on it and stuff like that. And, um, like, whenever he sees something digital and he'll log it on Letterboxd, he'll be like, yeah, it's pretty good. But imagine if they shot it on film. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a, he, he's always doing that. Look, you're entitled to your opinion. Like, yeah. And but I, he also shot fucking Tangerine. I feel yeah, like it's just a weird thing to say to someone like that. I will say, I think, and this is probably maybe not my place to say, but I think when people complain about digital a lot more, they're complaining about digital projection. Because digital projection looks like balls sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it really looks like the worst TV just on a big screen. Like, if you go to an AMC that clearly hasn't been renovated in a while. Yeah. Or, God forbid, those circumstances where they, like, leave the 3D lens on oh, the projector. Yeah. And it just fucking dilutes the image. Like, remember when Solo came out and it's like, now everyone's like, hey, this movie looks really good. Yeah, I had that. And I when we did our episodes, I had seen one of the, like, really bad projections of it. And I went again to see it, and I still don't really like that movie, but I was so furious that, like, when I saw it correctly, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. because it was just like, how do you fuck that up? And and Bradford Young hasn't shot a movie since, I don't think. That's horrible. That's awful. Well, no, okay, well, that, uh, that was me being snarky. I think he has, but also he has stepped away to reprioritize as a family man, and I think possibly shift into directing features himself. Oh, hey, you know? Yeah. But I did say in that recording back then that he should sue, and I still stand by that because his work is fantastic in that movie, and only like 5% of people saw it. Well, someone needs to fucking, like, no one cares anymore, but Mm -hmm. someone needs to do something about the megaplexes that just aren't even trying anymore. Yeah. We were talking about the labor shortage, like, right now, quote-unquote shortage. Yeah, and like, I mean, it's become very clear going to the movies, especially lately, that like no one there really knows how anything works. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you should at least have one person there who knows how this stuff works. Yeah, um, there's an actual, I believe that's an actual drawing of Vlad the Impaler we just saw. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Um, or like either like a copy of one. Um, mm-hmm. They should make a Vlad the Impaler movie. He actually has, like, a really interesting life. Um, and just divorce it from Dracula. Which I think Dracula Untold is that. I think that's, like, they just did the Vlad, the Impaler story, but then added Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't even need to do that. <laughs> um, well, that was that weird era. There's a weird era in film where everyone was like, you know what people want? They want origin stories. And maybe it was, like, the superhero thing, like, we still didn't know what it was. Because mm-hmm. we also have, like, Wolverine origins and shit like that. But yeah. you have Dracula Untold. I love this shot. Yeah. Um, well, that's the shit right there. <laughs> but uh, you also have that terrible uh, In the Heart of the Sea movie, <laughs> which, like, just infuriates me on, like, a very primal level. I thought it was fine. But it's, like... The uh, they really advertised it as like a Moby Dick origin story. Yeah, and yeah. So like you can tell that's why it was made, and it's like, dude, that is the least interesting <laughs> part of fucking Moby Dick. Yeah, that, that's something Moby Dick should be adapted like this. 
because Moby Dick's insane. <laughs> so like much more color and stuff like that. Oh, I don't and even I'll say color, like just 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 maximalism. Just like... okay, okay. Uh, I I will say I'm not. I'm obviously not a film versus digital guy, but mm-hmm. I I'll I'll maybe concede that reds and blues can be much easier easily captured much more easily captured on film than digital i think on digital you kind of got to like work it a little more in post-production yeah on film it it captures them much uh more richer like more naturally yeah and on digital you kind of you need to have like the best in the business to really bring out the colors better it's the classic thing of just like they all have their own strengths oh this is great where he starts laughing Mm-hmm. And then he literally laughed all the way <laughs> to the mansion. <laughs> like it's just perfect. Yeah, and I mean that's like, the oh, thing. Sorry. Like this movie's like like bonkers, but it's also like super fun. Like there's a fun like adventure, a pulp adventure he, feel to the back half. This is when he dry humps the guy, right? Yeah. Can <laughs> become a bitch of the devil. <laughs> I would not keep that guy around. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be like, don't, don't let him near Lucy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think any interpretation of Van Helsing is like this. Yeah, no. What? So, like, what made them do this? Now, here's the question: Had Francis Ford Coppola seen Halloween Five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this feels a lot closer. To that, to Donald Pleasance as Loomis. Oh my God! Than anything else, and they they describe Loomis as the Van Helsing to Michael Myers. <laughs> um, wow. You know what? <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola's Halloween Five might might have worked. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Francis Ford Coppola doing a slasher film? I mean, this is kind of his version of it. I mean, well, this is every horror genre. Yeah. I mean, arguably, it's the only one it isn't is found footage, because that <laughs> hadn't really been invented yet. Although there is some, like, you know, documentary-style camera shit. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, especially with the projection scene. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's incredible. Okay, so right yeah, that, that, that could have happened. Um, I don't know. Oh, I also want to say, I think I know why I like the trio of suitors so much too mm. in the Brendan Fraser, Stephen Summers mummy film also with Rachel Weisz. I'll give credit. Cause she fucking rocks in those movies too. Mm. Um, the, the American team of treasure hunters in that oh, film, yeah. they're totally inspired by, by these three dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like completely. Well, Quincy is like a fucking parody of an American. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like if a superhero was named cowboy man. Yeah. It is kind of, you know, I mean, it's a sign of uh, America's rise as a power in the world that mm-hmm. you have to have the token American in your novel. <laughs> and he's a Texan. Yeah, that's, that's and true. He's, he's got guns and a knife and he likes hunting. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Um, I mean, this is just such good stuff. Yeah. They use the hang crank for that scene too, right? Yeah, it looks, at least looks like it. I'm not smart enough where I can just look at this and tell you exactly how they did it. Like, Oh, yeah, no. I would need, like, Francis Copeland next to me telling me how mm-hmm. they did it. <laughs> but And Francis Ford Copeland could totally lie, and I would be <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> I have no authority on any of this. Although, you know who did have authority on this scene specifically between Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves? Mm. Is the priest who apparently did actually marry them. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't know that? Okay. I did not I thought know you were that. Like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I did not know that, actually. No, yeah, yeah. So, apparently, in Romania, <laughs> they're actually married. <laughs> that's uh, that's a little crazy. Yeah, and I, I guess, like... Oh, no, now everyone involved in this movie is going to hell. <laughs> 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 well, like, I guess um, in, like, interviews, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves, because they've remained friends since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they had huge crushes on each other back then. And they have they did another movie recently, too, where they're, like, they go to a wedding together or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I haven't seen it. I heard it's not very good. But um, they said they're still, like, oh, yeah, no, we're still, like, super crushing on each other and stuff like that. And I thought that was, like, sweet. That you is know? sweet. Yeah. Is she uh, was she dating Johnny Depp at the time? I believe so. Yeah, because I believe he was the other choice for uh, Jonathan Harker. You know what? I for this era, I would not have normally said this, but I'm glad they went with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. There's, I although, think he he handles the dopier aspect <clears throat> of Jonathan. John, Johnny Depp would have like had too much like he would have been like a black hole a little bit like not like super but like he would have had too much coming in in his character yeah yeah oh that's that weird thing with Johnny Depp though like in the 90s and even early 2000s where he was like the second choice for so many roles and studios are like who the fuck wants to see Johnny Depp flash forward 10 years and then <laughs> well and then like literally it's like Pirates of the Caribbean and then it's like oh put him in everything it's like Pirates of the Caribbean would end up being like his greatest blessing and greatest curse. <laughs> eh, real shame. Yeah. I would not want a glass coffin. I wouldn't either. I think that's weird. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I although, think it's very odd. Although, I don't know if don't I... Don't look at me. I don't even know if I want a, a coffin. You just blow me up. No, just fucking throw me in the hole. No, just just blow me up like a whale carcass on the <laughs> oh, beach. Oh, yeah, that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. That way it can be with everyone. Yeah. I know a guy whose plan when he dies is he wants to be cremated. Okay, okay, so far so good. And then he wants to have his ashes divided up mm. and mailed to every country on the planet. <laughs> Why? Because then he could say he went to every country. <laughs> that's fucking hysterical. Yes. That's uh that's the plan. So we'll see if that one pans out. Alright. Yeah, so. but no, just just blow me up on the beach. I'm a big believer in returning to the earth, uh, but I don't need the casket thing. You yeah, see, just just raw dog it. You ever see those caskets where they're like they put like oh here's a portrait of like the Virgin Mary on the inside? You know what? Considering how Catholic my family is, no, I am surprised to say no. I have not seen that. I've seen a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's honest advice to anyone listening. Even if you're, like, a healthy 20-year-old, investigate, like, the type of casket you want now. <laughs> so it's not up to your grieving relatives. You know what? That's actually... Because they're, yes. they're going to get upsold on some bullshit. Because <laughs> no one in that moment is thinking, who cares? It's a, They're fucking dead in a coffin. It doesn't really matter. It's like, no, we want the most comfortable coffin. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like it doesn't it really doesn't matter yeah you know point. what to anyone listening my beloved friends and family i know some of you know carpentry out there just make me a box yeah and then put me on the beach and blow me up <laughs> you're dead set on like getting blown oh up yeah today. There's no reason why I, I should be buried in a normal cemetery. I was looking into the one where they'll like they'll like they'll make you part of a reef. Have you ever heard of that one? A reef? You know, no, like, like a, a reef, like underwater. Yeah, but, yeah, that's really cool. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I I wonder if that's actually like possible. But I remember reading it once. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, I've heard the 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 tree thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of into that, but um, I wouldn't want to blow up a tree. I was introduced to the tree thing, though, uh, unintentionally. I watched a documentary about a murderer, <laughs> and I guess he uh, he hid a body by burying it and then putting a tree on top of it. And they never found the body because of that. So, this soured the tree idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not... Oh, that's that's tough. Um, what if our spirits pass into a tree like that movie by uh, William Friedkin called The Guardian? I still haven't seen that. Yeah, we should, there's a movie. <laughs> Is that kind of like his Bram Stoker's Dracula? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like him uh, losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe kind of like his Bram Stoker's Dracula. No, it's like if Bram Stoker's Dracula was directed by this Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes you watch those movies and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, these. a lot of these 70s guys have problems with women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't get that so much here, frankly. No, no, but I mean, um... Just that... Again, he, he's someone who's been married just, at least three times. Yeah. So, make I, that what you will. I just get uh, but... someone who very much appreciates uh, the look of women. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with sexy, but see, we gotta listen to fucking Timberlake, and movies gotta bring sexy back. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know if we have to listen do you to remember Timberlake, when, but do you I remember do when, believe uh, movies should bring sexy back. Remember when the song Sexy Back came out, and uh, Prince, like, unprompted gave an interview where he was like, sexy never went anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, but that's Prince. Yeah. Well, Prince, like, hated Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Um, and I think for good reason. I think Timberlake took a lot of, like, his style. Or at least tried mm-hmm. to. And uh, Yeah. And Prince was an icon. And Justin we had to Timberlake... pretend, like, Justin Timberlake was funny for a few years. Hey, I don't get that. Because he, uh, he acted like a human being slightly on SNL. <laughs> Well, I will say I really like the imagery right there of the oh, yeah. the cross, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the against Lucy's like white complexion and the outfit, and that's like the fucking. Oh, this is the best like, that's an image. photography. Yeah. That always. Um, I also cool. uh, well, we didn't talk it about it, but more. we I also like the implication that vampires just keep eating children. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's like it's very much like child predator type stuff. Like I think it's it's a little bit coded as that in some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of monsters, you know, that's that goes back to fucking Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah, so yeah. Gotta got watch uh, out. Which it's, is and classic. Uh, you gotta watch out for wolves, uh, Red Riding Hood, because if you get eaten, it's your own damn fault. Hmm. 
wonder what that's about in I mean, hindsight. It's, it's kind of a, like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. I'm just screaming, cutting her head off. Yeah. Oh, there goes the head. Yeah, that's a fucking, that's fantastically photographed. And then the cut to the meat. Yep. Which is... I never noticed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the scene where he's literally like, it's like, is she already? He's like, yeah, we just, you know, just put a snake through a heart, cut her head off. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> Delightful. Delightful. Uh, I want to go back to the, the comment about maybe some villain coding, uh, which is also why I know some people maybe have some issues with how vampires uh, are sometimes treated as like, like sexy. And like, there's, there's like a, it's not, not not like a big issue, but it is like a point of discussion where it's like, well, are they like predatory monsters? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, more sexualized? Are they more heroic? Are they antagonistic? And it's like, I, I think the beauty of like the monster interpretation is that it's all fiction, so they can kind of be anything. Yeah. You know? Well, it's also like, it's, it's one of these things where it's something that we've definitely got even worse at discussing. Of just like just because you enjoy it being depicted in fiction does not mean you enjoy it in real life. Yeah, you know, which is just something we've completely lost the thread on. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, it's it's I don't know. It's a it's a it seems to be just a natural thing people like, and it doesn't reflect anything. It doesn't mean people want vampires to come and kill them in <laughs> actual life. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's a thing of like a lot of these coatings will start out as like very negative and being like, yeah, these are like what the evil gays are like. And then if you do the coding well enough, uh, gay people will find it and be like, yeah, hey, I kind of see myself in this guy. <laughs> and then like reclaim it, you know, mm-hmm. which is, is kind of the natural arc of these type of things. Um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, and honestly, like, and we can talk about coding all fucking day long. Nothing in any coding is creepier than when you watch uh, those Twilight films. And it's like, if you uh, let a guy have sex with you, he's just going to turn into a violent rapist. Which is what those movies are saying. (laughs) Oh, that's Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, hey, uh, Mormon, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, what are you going to (laughs) do? So kids deserve better than that shit. Yeah, that's true. Don't watch Twilight. Just watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. I'm going to show this to the kids. Yeah. I'm sure I won't get in trouble at all. Yeah. And uh, we brought it up before, too, but I also think, like, you know, for that completely valid criticism of, of Twilight, too, it's like, you know, like, the the vibe of, of that series in, like, cinematic canon, it's, like, perfect for, like, emo teenagers that are trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Like, it, like for that age group, like, it totally makes sense that, why that was a hit and like like I'm cool with it like having yeah. having come into people's lives well I remember but maybe we don't need to hold on to it either yeah well know? I remember when when Twilight was like in full swing there was like a huge there was a genuine concern that it was like gonna ruin a generation almost like kind of Jesus. that classic moral panic you get not in like the uh, like that it was gonna turn kids into like perverts or anything like <laughs> but like that it was gonna like teach these kids like really negative things about sex and stuff like that hmm. and and you see that generation coming of age and they're all kind of like yeah it's kind of funny that i was into that then you know yeah and like they hold it very close and i think the same thing happened. remember when like 
this is gonna I, I apologize to everyone for going here um but uh like when there was like a discussion a few years ago and by a few years I mean a decade that like as internet pornography got more and more important like I mean more and more readily available that like there was the fear that like is this just gonna ruin a generation of young men and like are they are they gonna be like sexually broken and then the further we've gotten away away from it it's like no that didn't really happen (laughs) and uh so you know you get those weird moral panics every now and then remember don john oh yeah i mean that's kind of what that movie's about oh and that's like peak that like and i was like remember and remember when like sex addiction was a big thing everyone was talking about Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, which is a real thing. I don't want to downplay it, but it was also uh, why are these celebrities having sex outside of marriage all the time? <laughs> it was like, oh, clearly they they have a sex addiction. Yeah, it's not like they just. Uh... That was like the weird like death spasm before the Me Too movement. Like we're the last time oh, where we yeah. were like, it's like huh. the it's the weird moment where we're like, what are you gonna do? Boys will be boys. And then, like, five years later, it's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) Like, why were you ever saying that? It's one of these things where it's like, you know, you get people a lot now. We're going a lot of directions. Um, It's okay, sort of this movie. You get people, like, who'll be like, well, why did no one speak up about, like, Weinstein for so long? And I just want to fucking grab these people. Because they all think they're going to be the ones that spoke up. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be like, take them back five years and be like, here's what, what everyone believed five years before Weinstein. Like, it, no one, it was not an atmosphere where you could speak up. Mm-hmm. And it, something has changed in our culture that allowed that to happen. And, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There's Ugh. a pretty popular director who had a an unearthed tweet recently where they were saying, you know, I'm a fan of Weinstein. I've heard the stories, yeah, but, like, the guy's kind of a rock star, basically. Mm. And it's like, oh, who, there who, goes all the goodwill. Who, uh, who, uh, who, uh, tweeted that? It, it was a prominent female director. I don't feel like I should oh, okay. name him right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe I shouldn't even brought that up, but, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I mean, it goes to show, like, just how common that thinking was, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, I mean, I, I didn't know, like, the assault stuff, but, like, the first thing I learned about Harvey Weinstein was that he was a huge asshole. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's weird. That's, I think, the thing we really should learn, is that, like, it usually doesn't just stop with them being a huge asshole. Mm Mm-hmm, like, there's more behind it. (laughs) Okay, are you seeing Renfield I am seeing the green mist, yes. All right, so, this was the scene that, uh, we thought might not be in the film for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, no master. No master. <laughs> oh god, he's so good in this. He fucking rocks. Um, I just remembered. I think someone's doing a Renfield movie too. That's been talked about for a while. Um, yeah, I remember that. Not a bad idea if you do mm. it right. Yeah, well, like uh, the Victor Frankenstein movie from like a couple years back was supposed to be an Igor focused movie, yeah. and the movie's like not that. But that was also what it was pitched as. Yeah, so it'll probably be one of those things where there's going to be a Renfield movie and then it just ends up being Dracula. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know who would be a good Renfield? Whomst. Jim Carrey. 
You think so? Jim Carrey could totally do a Renfield. Maybe not this Renfield, but if you watch like another the, version, if you like the '30s Renfield, like okay, I could totally see it. Okay. Oh. Okay. So in November 2019, it was announced that a film titled Renfield, centered on the titular character, is in development. The project was greenlit by Universal Pictures, following a pitch from Robert Kirkman. Ah. Dexter Fletcher was initially attached to direct before Chris McKay came on board in April 2021. Dexter Jetster was going to direct it? That's funny. (laughs) Sorry. Dexter Fletcher directed um, uh, Eddie the Eagle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Rocket Man. Hey. A lot of people like that Rocket Man. Yeah, I like Rocket Man. That's solid, yeah. Oh, Nicholas Holt is going to play Renfield. Uh, that's a that's a good choice. Yeah, okay. I'm excited for that now. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll see. It could be, like, really good or, like, really boring. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. There's a movie called The Bride that is, uh, like, a modern version of The Bride of Frankenstein, like, told from her perspective. It was mean, like, the 80s, and I'm like, how have I never heard of this? And then, like, I read up on it, and I'm like, oh, it's because it's terrible. <laughs> and it's one of those ones where, like, sometimes, you know, you you read reviews, and you're like, I can't really trust what critics say, because critics are naturally against these type of movies. Mm-hmm. And then you read the reviews, and, like, you can tell by, like, those ones, like, yeah, they're probably right on this one. Because there are a yeah. lot of criticisms just being like, there's almost nothing here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing about this, too. I had heard for a long time after initially coming across Bram Stoker's Dracula um, that, like, oh, no, that's one of those bad movies, you know? And that kind of sat with me for a while. And I never really bought super into it, mm-hmm. but it definitely still had that stink on it until recently. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's gotten, like, a mainstream, like, appreciation apart from, like, I know, like, a lot of women audiences really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I know no, more so are... than men. I think it's mostly men that like kind of disregarded it for being like kind of campy and stuff. I, I could kind of see that, but I'll, I have seen women complain about this. Oh uh, yeah, I, again, that's that's a more general statement. I'm not. I mean, I, I think some people are just against the like Dracula's tragic romantic figure, um, mm-hmm. which I can I can understand that take. Yeah, you know? I can understand that, and I would say. You would need to, uh, another fucking fantastic movie to win me over to that take specifically. Because yeah. I, like, just for me, I don't view that character that way, generally. Yeah. You know, like, everyone kind of has preconceived notions about, like, these iconic characters. Like, like I definitely see, to go to another Bat guy, Batman a certain way. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm going to be, like, close-minded about what I'm, like, shown next. But I definitely have, like, notions of what I want to see in a Batman story. I do like the, uh, like, Dracula as just pure evil interpretation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's always fun. Yeah, I oh. mean, like, maybe that's why Nosferatu is always going to be my favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, straight up monster. But that one's also, like, uh, it's got a much more, like, anti-imperial capitalist slant yeah. to it. I will say, it is kind of nuts that, like, Dracula's plan to conquer the world, which is his plan... Uh, involves mm-hmm. a real estate deal. Yeah, like, I mean, like that's intentional. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's know? that's just. I mean, in the in the uh, the novel, it's a little more uh, immigrants buying up land, but oh. um, you know, hey, uh-huh. uh, it's still like fascinating. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's the thing. I mean, no. uh, this one. You know what? I, uh, there's no plague in this version, is there? No. Yeah. No, there's not. Because that's another like kind of anti-immigrant thing. You know, mm-hmm. like they're bringing disease. 
Oh, yeah. Um, like, even that is kind of in the Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in a lot of Dracula versions. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, do you remember this? This is, like, early 2000s stuff. John Carpenter was attached for the longest time to adapt a novel called Fangland that was, like, Dracula set in modern day. Um, really? I, I've never read the book. I just remember for, like, the longest time it was, like, this is a project he's working on, and then it just kind of disappeared. And uh, he seems like a guy who could totally pull off the, like, Dracula is pure evil. Yeah. Although, if you want... Uh, if you want... Um, Dracula in modern day, just do Salem's Lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's kind of... Uh, I guess if you're going to do Dracula in modern day, you have to keep him in London. Like He's, he's, he's kind of such a London figure. Yeah, you, you, you could do some, some more vampire stuff apart from that, though. Like, mm-hmm. without even, like, mixing the genres. Like, you know, like, we both love Near Dark. We're excited for Chloe Zhao's Western interpretation. But, like, I, I think you could do, like, a mix-match of uh, of vampire stuff in, like, different settings. Apart from London and the Old West, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the, the desert plains and shit. Yeah. Fucking Dracula on Mars. Why not? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ghosts of Mars. You hey. do, do that with vampires instead of whatever they were. Whatever the fuck was going on in that movie. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the movie's like super like hypersexualized and stuff like that, yeah. and it goes on like forever. <laughs> it's kind of it, it's kind of crazy to think back to how repressed the '80s were. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of forget that sometimes. Yeah. Well, are, are you saying like like from before this or after this? Because I feel like they that both kind of count. Well, it goes up, you know, it goes up and down. Like, yeah, I think this right is now still, we're definitely. Uh... I mean, early '90s. This is like the middle of like we're still in the AIDS crisis you know like mm-hmm. that could give a whole different interpretation of this stuff oh yeah um, yeah uh that's it, a genuinely good jump scare yeah I fucking love the look of this thing it's just so like grotesque and I mean it's just like a giant bat man uh, Dra- uh, Van Helsing's got a thing protecting his fucking package <laughs> check it out if they show it it, it, it again Oh, he's got his coat over. Miss- look, look oh, at- no, I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that. Oh, my that. God, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. So they, they, you're like, well, the bat will be in the shot, so no one's going to look there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's. You know what? That makes sense. Makes sense. If you're fighting a vampire, I don't know why every man doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, put a cross right on your dick. Yeah. Like... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, exactly. This looks like a uh, fucking... Is it is it man bat? Is that his name? I was gonna say yeah. This yeah. would be a good man bat interpretation. Yeah, they'll never fucking do man bat. Dude, give me Batman for fifty million dollars. I'll just do this movie, but with Batman. <laughs> Why not? Let's fucking do it, Hollywood. When is someone gonna have the balls to do composite Superman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, how fucking great would that shit be? <laughs> fucking rock. So here's the thing. Oh, like, I we... love the move back into the shadows oh, yeah, with the great. eyes. and Oh, it's fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Last weekend, uh, Gene and I and a couple friends, we were walking by a, a, a restaurant that, that had just closed for the night in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with a big window by it near the street, and we saw a rat skidding around the floor. <laughs> it was horrifying. Yeah. 
and a bunch of other bystanders. We all just huddled around the window. We're like, should we tell them? (laughs) (laughs) You want to know something even funnier? Like, three hours before that, I was like, I kind of want to eat here tonight. (laughs) What do you guys think? And then we chose somewhere else because our buddy was like, oh, this place looks better. And he he was right. Yep, he made (laughs) the right call. very right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't eat at the block for a while, everyone. (laughs) Here's something that's like, this is, again, why movies kind of suck right now. And it's, it's a point that's been made over and over again, but, like, I brought up, like, we were talking about how great that scene was, and then I brought up Composite Superman. And the problem is, if you did it in a movie now, there's, like, the person, like, off to the side being like, this is ridiculous, which mm-hmm. seems to be in every movie now. Mm-hmm. Like, which is what I don't want. Yeah. Like... Because, like, this movie is ridiculous, but the characters don't aside to say how ridiculous it is. They're just reacting to it. Yeah. Like, with actual emotion. They're like, this is, is my world now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's better. And I think that's something no, people mean, just can't handle. Um, yeah, I think people I mean, like, struggle... That's how you get, like, the Spielberg reaction shot, you yeah. know? I think that's just... how you get something authentic like that. People struggle with not knowing if the director is in on the joke or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, do they understand it's this ridiculous? And, like, the lesson you gotta learn is that it ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, there are... Like, just literally, how do you feel about it? Yeah. There <laughs> are it. there are some instances where it, it 100% does matter. And... But... Not... Not here. I mean, mm. I was kind of like that with uh, Halloween Kills a little bit. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, I just find it hysterical, but I don't think in any way the director intended. And it's going to be one of those, I think, like 10 years from now, it's going to be this great artifact of like, I can't believe we used to make movies like that. <laughs> and it'll age better than like a movie that tried to do that, but without a psycho killer in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something else that did it recently which I, I know you were not a fan of initially, but, like, Malignant. Yeah. I, I think cause I think it's fine if you just don't like that movie, mm. but I definitely think some people were thinking, like, oh, this was an accident. Yeah. And it, it very much wasn't. Yeah, that's well, that's one of those ones where I just don't understand how you don't. Like, it starts, it literally starts with, like, Arkham Asylum. Like. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> which is the part of the movie where, like, I was, like, I was so on board from that moment. And then I don't know what happened. I really don't. Like, I feel like I should have loved that movie, and I just didn't. And I'm bummed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was because it transitioned from that straight into domestic abuse. Oh, yeah. Not that's to be, that's like, a shocker. Not to be, like, totally pro-clutching about it, but that, like, put me... I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be a different film. <laughs> and then it totally wasn't. <laughs> um, uh, something that always bothered me... Uh, in a good way, mm-hmm. is the design of uh, both uh, uh, Lucy, Sadie Frost, and uh, Winona Ryder, their teeth coming in after oh, the yeah, vampire yeah. bite. Uh, I always kind of like, you know, like, like check out my teeth. I'm like, Ugh. like <laughs> I, that looks painful to me. <laughs> <laughs> Going out of my gums. That's the worst. Your teeth like, you know, Some people get really scared of, like, the eye in, in violent movies. Like, if the eye gets injured, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like very upsetting i think for me it's like the eye and the teeth <laughs> so a cure for wellness was tons of fun oh yeah now there's a movie i feel comfortable saying i did not like oh gore verbinski's uh, van helsing i would totally see a gore verbinski dracula 
like I'd be down. <laughs> all right, all right. I, don't I, like I think he needs his comeback. You know. Yeah, he needs something. I mean, he's doing Sand Kings, right? Yeah. Like, which I I'm not sure I want his interpretation of Sand Kings, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I I just he should have done a Star Wars. I think he still can. I don't know if they want him to. I don't know if I want him doing Star Wars. I don't think he. This is this is gonna sound weird. Like, I don't know how to phrase this right because I was gonna say like I don't think he's good at epic filmmaking, but hmm. I, I'm not saying like in terms of scale. You know, like he 100 percent can do that. Like I think the biggest failing of those pirate sequels is like they're the, the, the they feel like the need that like no we're telling this fucking generational story, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like that's the stuff that just doesn't work for me in those movies mm-hmm. when it's like just being like we're gonna swim out to this fucking whirlpool and fight like that's the <laughs> stuff that's great it's like gonna oh, they're gonna meet all the pirate leaders on pirate island like <laughs> that's all the good stuff. <laughs> but if he's like I don't know I'm not trying to say like he can't tell a human story but I think the, like Star Wars kind of needs like a fundamental human core that I don't think he can provide okay okay because um, like all his character like his best characters are like Rango who's, oh like, yeah Rango's great yeah like he, he is, is I don't want to say they're props but they're like they're not functioning film characters and that's not really a complaint like i'm not mm-hmm. trying to be like character first or anything like that um, yeah they, they don't have maybe necessarily the depth yeah of characters like the original star wars characters mm-hmm. or even characters from like the new trilogy and that's gonna sound silly when it's like console is literally just like the thief with the heart of gold yeah but i just i just don't think gorbavinsky is interested in telling that kind of story um, I I might agree with that actually, and I like but that's I, also like why I'm a a fan and why yeah. I definitely agree with like Gore Verbinski Dracula approach. Yeah, like, yeah, let's that's, do that. That's let's what that I'm saying. Movie. Like he could totally do a Dracula, mm-hmm. um, just because these characters are like they're not like the most complicated, but you can do anything with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like this Lucy is very different than basically every other interpretation of Lucy. Yeah, you know, I'll give this movie uh, some credit, like. A lot of the times, Lucy is almost a non-figure. In... Oh, you mean Mina? Mina, sorry. I always yeah. get... To... You know what it is? One of the one of the Draculas switches them. Mm. I think it's Horror of Dracula. For some reason, they switch the names. <laughs> um, yeah, like, Mina sometimes gets fucking nothing yeah. in adaptations. And like... in this one, she definitely has, like, her own agency. Like, it is limited yeah. to, like agency of this era but yes. you know like she definitely has like wants and needs apart from like what the men around her want even before Dracula's like intoxication of her and it's ultimately about her uh, like redeeming a man but mm-hmm. um, you know she gets to also try and seduce Anthony Hopkins yeah <laughs> which you know like I mean yeah technically that's agency but it is still revolving around a man so it's like if someone came at this from like mm. A, a new wave feminist approach, yeah, and like came at it more critical. I'd be like, yeah, like you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's that's the complaint you know? I usually hear um, yeah. from some women. It's just I, like, I get it. It's yeah, you know. Also, it, we are two men. Yes, talking about this, so we are also limited one, in our perspective on this. One man and one barely a man. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, I, I apologize. No, 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 I'm just fucking around. I, I, oh, okay. It's it, yeah, like it could be anything. So, <laughs> but uh, oh, this is great. Yeah, oh, this is so good. Why doesn't every movie have a scene like this? I don't know, because films are made for cowards. Nah. Um, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Movies are now made for and by cowards, and we need more of whatever's happening here. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things, I think we're going to be debating this forever. It's just like, how do you bring this back? And I don't know what the answer is. Um, And it's so weird right now where we just don't know what the landscape of the theatrical experience is going to look like in a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be totally gone. Like we that that's an entire that's entirely possible at this point. Yeah, that's true. Um, which is is a real shame. Um, but I feel like it'll 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 come back. Just there he goes with the heads. Yeah, this oh, that's image a fucking image. <laughs> an image of him holding the heads. Not even one from the movie. I think just like a publicity shot was on the Bram Stoker's Dracula Wikipedia page for the longest time. Oh, that's amazing. It's not there anymore, but it was forever. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's kind of punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you aware... covered in blood, holding three heads in the snow. Are you aware of Anno Dracula? No, should a, I be? Uh, it's a book. It is, a, like, an alternate history novel, kind of, but of Dracula... And the idea being that, like, what if everyone, what if they got there too late? Because at this point in the novel, they're, they're racing Dracula back to his home. Mm-hmm. And they got there too late, and they lose the battle. And Dracula ends up succeeding, and he, he marries Queen Victoria and takes over the world, basically. Oh. And by world, I mean British Empire. Yeah, And yeah. so it's the British Empire ruled by Dracula. Um, That's kind of a fun apocalyptic idea. It's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice little book. Um, it's one of those interesting kind of alternate, it's like weird, it's like alternate history, but you know, of shit that isn't real. (laughs) Mm. Also, it has like cameos of like every vampire that's ever appeared in media in it. Oh, that, that rocks. Yeah. It's written by a Kim Newman who's like kind of like, I don't know, he, he, he writes a lot about horror stuff, so he knows a lot of this, a lot of this shit. Mm-hmm. If you if you look him up, you'd recognize him from popping up in like horror documentaries. And when they talk about the history of horror or something, um, yeah, good, 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 good book. I think remember that remember that game, The Order, eighteen eighty six. Kind of. I think I, don't, was I like, never played it. I think they tr- they were trying to rip off uh, Anno Dracula at one point uh. when they made it, and then just failed miserably. <laughs> mm. We get an action chase here. Yeah, um, this is maybe my favorite. Like, the home stretch of the film is maybe my favorite part of the film. It's kind of funny that uh, this and Fuck, Sleepy Hollow... Fuck, sorry. Yeah, this and Sleepy Hollow have, like, a carriage chase climax. I think that's also what movies are missing. <laughs> you know carriage what, chases. Right. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to fucking Stagecoach. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> mm. You know why? Because most... Uh, nowadays, it's, like, a version of the car chase, and... This might be a controversial opinion, but I think a lot of car chases are not compelling. That's not controversial at all. A lot of car chases suck. Yeah, I think a lot of it is like, we got to get point A to point B, and that's it. <laughs> and yeah. They don't really... I mean, that, that comes down to, like, a lot of, like, 
movies now yeah. like what's like the conflict you know like you don't always need character conflict guiding an entire production yeah but for like big movies like this it's gonna help mm-hmm. it's gonna help the action at least you know it's like what do you want why do you want it if you get it what happens mm-hmm. are you gonna get something that you didn't realize you needed are you gonna get something that makes it worse you know like yeah there, there's like a lot of stuff going on right here while fell. people are falling to their deaths in the most gorgeous matte landscape I've ever seen. Oddly enough, that might be the worst effect in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Which is, and uh, you're so caught up in like the lighting and the colors yeah. and the adventure. Gotta get them before the sun sets. Mm-hmm. And all of this is, is um, set work, by the way. Yes, these are all stages. So looks, it's like looks great. Those cuts of like the horses going around the corners, like they would just film that, mm. and then they cut to them trotting later to make it look like they're continuously running. I can't remember if Quincy dies in the book. I believe he does. I think I read that he did, but again, I haven't read Yeah, it's been a while. The actual book. Um, You know, one of the Castlevania games, uh, you play as Quincy Morris's descendant, John Morris. Oh. Yeah. And it's like the eighth game, and suddenly it's like, wait, we're going to directly tie into the novel? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, okay, so Castlevania is an actual, like, Dracula adaptation. No. Ish. No? No. Uh, it's all over the fucking place. Okay, okay. Because Castlevania is set, like, hundreds of years before Bram Stoker's novel. Mm. Um, and it's like Dracula appears every hundred years, basically. Mm. And there's a family called the Belmont family, and they're tasked with kind of defeating Dracula every time he returns. That's just one version of it. There's a lot of different versions. The uh, recent anime series kind of took it a different way. Although, it, that's one of those ones where you kind of debate whether or not it's anime, because I believe an American studio made it. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, but it was definitely anime-inspired. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's just one. Another one that kind of, like... Castlevania, honestly, is the closest thing to this movie. Because they like that's one where it's, like, not only are we going to reference every Dracula adaptation that's ever been made? We're also going to bring in every other monster that's ever existed. And they all work for Dracula. <laughs> mm, including, okay, that kind of rocks. Including death himself. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's like Van Helsing done for, like, the mainstream. Now. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Stephen Summers movie. And I want to say, because, like, we're, we're not really focusing on the movie right now, but all this shit is, is like, why I go to the movies yeah. right here. <laughs> I have a and, very... like, I like the, like, the, the bonds of, like, brotherhood that these characters build. And mm. they're, like, minor supporting characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was something and that... I felt like, again, to, to bring up Dune, I think Dune kind of achieved that kind of, like, bond that I didn't expect it to achieve. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be the biggest hurdle for that fucking movie. Um, mm. And I think that's why it's appealing to people. I think they, they, yeah. we really underestimate how much people like watching people who like each other in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, with no snark, with no nothing, just genuine yeah. compassion and care. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why the ending of this works, too. Even though it's, like, a, a weird, tragic romance between Dracula, who is a mass murderer, well, the light and came uh, on. an innocent woman. Oh, get it? Because yeah. salvation and, and shit. Yep, and the cross. Light in the darkness. Heels. Very, like, basic storytelling ideas that have existed since the beginning of time, yep. but also done really, really well. Yeah, if you do it well, people are going to like it. People are at least in touch with their own emotions, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think it speaks to an insecurity in someone if they're like, what is all this lovey-dovey shit? 
Did I ever tell you I saw, uh, I watched the movie Patton for a military history class? <laughs> did, I, did I tell this story? I think so. Yeah, and, like, Patton kissed that guy on the head, and, like, one guy in our class was like, why the fuck do you do that? Like, he, like, fucking really freaked out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's kind of sad. It is sad. But you know what? That kid was, like, a sophomore in high school. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, okay, yeah. That's yeah. different, though. That's, yeah. Yeah. Going through it. Mm-hmm. Hope he's doing well wherever he is. Yeah. And if not, I hope he doesn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Was Kurt Vonnegut the true horror is waking up and realizing your high school class is running the country? Oh. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Most of my high school classes, like we're we're all like good with each other mostly. I still don't want any of us running the yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> the people I trust and love the most in this world, I wouldn't want running the country. <laughs> I mean. Can we Let's just, just bring back Jimmy Carter. He's still around. Yeah, All right, there you go. Hey, you want a fun fact? Mm. I read somewhere, and this could be entirely bullshit, but uh, guess who suggested uh, that she should cut his head off at the end? I don't want to know. George Lucas. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that that works, and that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's you, a beautiful ending. And when you know that, suddenly Revenge of the Sith makes a lot more sense. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Well, I I didn't think you were. Francis Ford Coppola could have done Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Or Revenge of the Sith. A lot of people should have directed those prequels. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep Give Lucas the first one. The other two, you get other people. Um, Sure. Okay, but that was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Matt, thanks for, for recommending we do this instead of a regular podcast episode. Yeah, I think uh, when yeah. if we're talking about a movie we like, it's a lot easier to do a commentary. Yeah. Because uh, then we'll just... This won't happen all the time, yeah. but um, this is a pretty good one to do it with, and I hope you all had fun listening to it, too, uh, in this Halloween weekend or after, if you're listening to it after. I, th- I think it's, there's some good stuff here for... Everyone to check out with you the should, family. If you're not watching this for the holiday season, what the fuck? Yeah. Are you even an American? <laughs> I mean, I, for some reason, a lot of people from Ireland listen to me. And us, <laughs> in general. Shout yeah. out. Oh, no, didn't I do, like, a really... I did the stereotype oh, no. earlier. <laughs> Apologies to our Dublin listeners, <laughs> hey, I'm a, which I'm, constantly rank in the hundreds for I'm, some reason. I'm part Irish. I got respect for the Irish. I'm fucking, Mexican, so they're, you know, my family was Ireland. with their morals. Ireland, if you're listening, you guys got to fucking get together and fucking just kick England's ass right now. <laughs> just fucking get ready. <laughs> what? Just fuck England. <laughs>